Nefuri is a human rights lawyer who has attached activism to its literal meaning. At the beginning of the lockdown, Nefuri embarked on a daily fitness challenge to pay tribute to orphans, victims and survivors of gender-based violence. On the business side, Nefuri's journey has led her to a point where the phrases I can't and I don't know are temporary states of being. From driving a taxi, an Uber, farming, building and hospitality, the only thing Nefuri is yet to do is swimming. She sat down with me, Mulebuhem Mogoga, to chat about her generous heart, which, despite letting her down a few times, has allowed her to be the giver she is today. You're listening to the Winning Women Podcast. I did my schooling in Venda from high school, varsity. Uh, I set my articles here in Pretoria. Up until I was admitted as an attorney, I worked for... Human Rights Institute of South Africa and um, PNL Associates, Salomele Lua Tennis, up until I'm um, employed by Nefuria Tennis. When I passed matric, I wanted to be a dietitian. You know, somebody mentioned dietitian when we went to school, and I'm like, wow, that sounds fancy, maybe I can do that, you know? So, yeah, I registered at Trustful uh, TNT then, and I was doing, um, I think it was called Food Service Management, something like that. So later on, I realized that now, nah, man, um, I can't be testing food and uh, enzymes on, on pineapples and spatulas and all that. So I dropped out. I, I couldn't take it. Wearing all those uniforms and, uh, you know, chef stuff, it, it was not my thing. So I had to drop out. And um, June holidays, I didn't come back. Or rather, I didn't go back. Then I decided to go home. From June up until December, I had time to think of what is it that interests me? What is it that I want to do? What is it that I wish to accomplish as a person? And um, the fact that I am um, within the LGBTIQ plus umbrella, it made me also realize that there's a gap in terms of advocating for human rights, advocating for gays and lesbians, especially in the Bantu, the then Bantu stand um, places. So I felt that this could be an opportunity for one to go and explore and, 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 and be able to challenge some of these uh, patriarchal sentiments that has been put in place. So hence, I decided to do law. How far do you think South Africa has come in um, accommodating the rights of marginalized communities because it's it's there on paper and it's it's legal and everything, but when you go out into reality, it's something that's completely different. Um, I would say that as, as a country, the policies that are in place, it's, it's, it's a good piece. The constitution, it protects you know the marginalized. The question now is how the implementation part of it. We've had, we've had um, so many I'll, I'll, I'll be specific. Let's talk about um, LGBTIs, the, the homosexual attacks or the homophobics or the hate crimes, you know, whichever term one might decide to use. But hate crime has been the, 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 the center of most of the critical issues in the country. Now, you look at the statistics, how many people have been prosecuted? But if it is an, an, an ordinarily heterosexual issue, you know, people jump, there will be hashtag this, hashtag that. This must get justice, you know. So I feel that there's still a lot that needs to be done in terms of implementation of the, of the piece of act that we have. If I will be arrested for argument's sake, and because I'm a cross-dresser, 
or, or I'm a transgender at the police station, are they going to place me with males or with females? We cannot put everything on the hands of the government to say the government needs to do something. It's up to us to make sure that we take information out there. Even if it comes at a, you know, with a hefty price of you being called name, of you being labelled and all that, do that so that you can save just one life. Now, let's talk a little bit about your activism. I think when you were talking about um, hate crime, we were talking a little bit more about how people tend to sometimes go on social media and hashtag this, this is wrong, but people never really follow through. It's just the hashtag for that moment and it's done. Mm -hmm. But you have taken your activism to a whole new level in terms of incorporating it with fitness. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, your 20-day, 25-day challenge. When I see something wrong and I've got a solution, or I think I have a solution, I don't. If I feel that there's a child next door that is not going to school because it doesn't have sanitary towels or school shoes, I'll go and buy. And I don't want to be acknowledged or to be praised because I'm doing that because of the need. I feel the need, I see the need. So the, the 25, 20 day challenge actually for me started when um, during lockdown, when we can't be going to gym and all that. And I felt that there are a lot of challenges out there. I decided to take out my energy, the pain, and I started the, the, the uh, workout challenge to say, women who are out there, we are with you. We might not be there physically or to remove you from the pain that you're in. I'm going to do these push-ups as a sign of acknowledging the pain. For me, it was a spiritual thing than physical. When I am in that session of doing push-ups, I am speaking to the spiritual realm, protect that one woman. And the pain that I'm feeling when I'm doing the push-ups, the pain that I'm feeling when I'm doing the squats, the, 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 the skipping rope and all that, Lord, feel my pain and touch someone and save that life. That was the purpose. And right now, I am on another challenge of um, offense. I'm doing it for offense now. To say, you are there, you are positioned there for a specific reason. I want to take you back to the uh, gender-based violence topic. It just reminded me about how we never really speak of violence between queer people or queer people in a relationship. We, we, we rarely speak about that. What is mm -hmm. your stance on that? In terms of same-sex relationships, even amongst ourselves, there are people that still want to be treated as heterosexuals in the same-sex relationship. As a woman, because I feel, okay, I'm very much comfortable dressing up the way I dress up. That should not identify me anyway. I, I'm a woman. But I'm more comfortable like this. You find a situation where two women, the other one, are alone, which is fine. You can you can be referred to anything you want as much as you're comfortable. But then we tend to get too excited, and now you want to take things that heterosexuals they will do. I'm the head of family. Um, Why don't you then just transition if you feel like Mjid? Okay, now we also get abusive people, 
And solely because maybe I am from an abusive setup, I grew up being abused and this and this and that and that and that. I didn't hear from that. And now that I am in this relationship with a feminine girl, I feel that I have been bestowed with powers to overrule and to control the next person. No, you cannot wear that. Doesn't sit well. Whether you're comfortable with your glasses being brown or what, but you're like, no, I want them red. Abuse, it goes in so many ways. Doesn't necessarily have to be physically. I mustn't be beating you up and all that. I can abuse you by just speaking to you. I undermine you. I make you feel less of a person, less of a woman. Without me, when I cannot exist, you cannot even be loved. Because now you have to deal with the fact that you are in the same sex relationship. How do you then go out and speak about the abuse? What's that about? Like, since when the same sex relationship is anything to go with? I remember that you do have the Pony Free Organization. Is that the name? Just tell us a little bit more about that when you established it. Oh, yeah. Nefori Foundation. Nefori Foundation. I think Nefori Foundation, it was uh, mostly encouraged by my upbringing. When I came to Pretoria in 2005, even my family didn't know that I was in Pretoria. By the way, for me to study, I had to hustle and make sure that I was on the SRC's politics and all that. You know, uh, then I get incentives and they pay for my fees. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been to school. So, yeah, I came to, to Pretoria 2005. For the first three months, I was sleeping on the street. Uh, I couldn't even ask for money and all that. So I stayed at, um, uh, I was at the law school, which now it happens that I'm also a lecturer there. And for three months, I was sleeping in the bench, Sunnyside, then I'll go to law school around five o'clock before anybody gets in there. You know, freshen myself, then I'll start the class at eight, and um, around 10 o'clock in the evening, that was the last class. And they used to feed us with coffee and all that, I'll get to my green out friends. So, but anyway, that was just another milestone. And what kind of um, triggered this was the fact that there was a point then when I didn't have even money to buy sanitary. Um, and there's a guy by the garage who used to steal the roll, you know, the, the garage roll, the, the toilet troll, that big one that they use at the garage. And he would give me that to use. Um, it wasn't an easy thing. And it was the most awkward. I wouldn't even have a shower to say, okay, since I'm on my pillows now, I'll go take a shower. All right. But for the for, for that three months, I managed. So one day, um, it was on a Christmas day, 2018, um, my wife sent me to go buy some clothes at Pick and Pay. And when I was, I'm there, I see there's a special on shoes and school shoes, going back to school. And something just said to me, you know what? Buy the shoes. You just give to a few kids. That day, I think I bought around 70 pairs. Um, it, remember, it's still December. So when I got home, my wife was like, what the hell is happening? What is this for? And I, I didn't even have a better explanation to say, okay, I'm buying it for my nephews, my niece, and all that. I said, you know what? Something just came to me and said, buy shoes. And I bought this. So we'll see how we distribute them. So that's how the foundation started. Then even the organization was not registered. So come January, then I put it on my social network, say, guys, we need shoes. Add on what we have. We'll go and deliver on your behalf. 
in no time, I was getting shoes flooding like left, right, and center, and center towels. So, 2018, we've been to all provinces in the country. It gained momentum such that, um, as it is now, um, we've distributed over, I think, plus minus 6,000 pairs of shoes. Um, the theme is adopt a child. You adopt a child, doesn't necessarily mean that you take a child and go stay with a child. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the child must be a child of someone you know. Just identify a child. Just go to any school, identify three kids. You know, buy those kids' school uniform for the whole year. I try not to limit myself. Humble yourself and don't be choosy. If you come and say your, your, your sewage is blocked and you have an idea how to unblock it, go and do it. They get dirty. At the end of the day, you go and take a shower and have a good cologne from the money that you got paid for cleaning a sewage. Do anything and everything that will bring income to you, as long as it's a clean deal. That was Mponefuri, a master in all her trades. Tune in next time as we feature another woman making a difference in the lives of those around her. Hashtag winning women. We sign off with one of Nefuri's favorite songs, Uzwiti Nimpiloyame by Busira Debe. Almighty, you preserve my health and protect my soul, and I will walk looking to you at all times.